biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. I'm Bill Smith. And I'm Dan Davidson. And we're here with a special supplemental edition of the Trek Geeks podcast. Dan, tonight we're going to talk really quickly about the brand new trailer for Star Trek Beyond. I know. It, uh, <laughs> we decided to drop a supplemental because uh, I was on vacation. And then I wasn't on vacation. So <laughs> yeah. we kind of had our next couple of episodes booked out, and we didn't want to necessarily wait that long to talk about it. Yeah, I don't think this is something that we could wait to talk about. Um, granted, we still have two months before the movie, and there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come out between now and then. But this fan event and the release of the new trailer was so big uh, that Friday night that we felt we needed to uh, throw a little something extra in there for our listeners and talk about what we thought. A little something something. Something, something, yo. So this past Friday night, the 20th of May, Paramount had on their studio lot, in fact, on the soundstage where they used to shoot the original series, Mm -hmm. the fan event where there were uh, questions of JJ and Justin Lin and Chris Pine and Zach Quinto and Carl Urban, and it was hosted by Adam Savage from Mythbusters, which I thought was really kind of cool. Very cool, because he's a huge Trek fan. Oh, built his own captain's chair and everything. Yeah. But we, our Twitter feeds and our Facebook feeds were lit up with photos from this thing because it seemed like so many people we knew were there. Oh my God. Yeah. It was really cool. I saw, I actually downloaded Periscope because so many people were actually doing videos uh, through Periscope. And it was great to see so many of our Star Trek friends. We saw Adam Drozen, Larry Nemechek, John Champion, Mary Zawinski. Starfleet mom herself, I saw. Uh, Enterprise Extra was there. Uh, Kayla Iacovino was actually doing one of the Periscope videos. Oh, my God. I wish we could have been there, man. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. But the event isn't really the big story. The big story is the brand new full-length trailer for Star Trek Beyond. Before we dive in on the specifics, let's talk about the tone of this trailer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan, this was markedly different from the teaser that dropped back before Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know if the what some perceived to be the overall negative reaction from the first trailer made them really focus in on this one or if they had this one planned to be like this from the get-go. But I think it is very safe to say that this trailer has had overwhelming positive reaction from what I can see and that it looks like it's going to be the Star Trek film that we've been waiting for for a long time. I made this comment to you privately and I've made it to a couple of other people. Back when Batman Begins came out and they started showing that trailer, I kind of felt like that was the Batman movie I'd waited my adult life for because I felt like none of the iterations before that quite got the story the way I wanted it told. I feel after watching this Star Trek Beyond trailer that this could be the reboot movie that I've waited for the whole time because it seems like it it pays homage to what Star Trek is yet telling a huge story with action intermixed. Yeah, I agree. It's funny because we both uh, in our in one of our previous podcasts talked about how 2009 was a good one and we had issues after watching it more than once with with In the Darkness. This one looks like it's going to hit on all cylinders for what we have been waiting for with the Star Trek reboot films. Um, now, granted, it's just the trailer. We're not going to know until we see it, but I have a very positive feeling towards it, uh, much more so than the first trailer. Even though I did like the first trailer, there were some things that were kind of eh, but this one was just I, – I've probably watched it 25 or 30 times. 
and I, I haven't gotten tired of it yet. I've probably watched close to the same amount. And each time I notice something slightly different. Mm -hmm. There's well, lots of things to talk about in that trailer too, man. Well, then let's start off with the first one. You figure toward the opening, Kirk is walking down a corridor, the Enterprise, talking about how he essentially joined Starfleet on a dare. And his father did it you know, because there was there was purpose. There was a different reason. It was something he believed in. Mm -hmm. um, it, it sounds a lot like Kirk is trying to live up to his father in this case, and as he talks to Bones over, you know, some potent potable. Yeah, and it sounds like he's got a lot of inner turmoil about whether or not he's able to live up to what his father was, whether that's to him or whether that's to what the people in Starfleet thought he was like before he died in the opening moments of the 2009 reboot. I think it probably is some combination of both. You figure he got command of the Enterprise uh, as a cadet, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and essentially it was a hero's promotion. And then he wound up as captain again in the wake of Pike dying. And essentially that was uh, slash hero's promotion slash command by necessity. And, you know, now they're out on the five-year mission. I think they're about two or three years into it at this point. Mm -hmm. And I get the sense that it's starting to drag on them. Yeah, he looks a little um, – I don't know if worn is the right word. Um, I will say that the, what you just talked about a minute ago about that scene with Kirk and McCoy, that makes me feel good about what we're seeing. We're seeing McCoy in this quick blip of the trailer doing what he used to do. He was the soundboard for Kirk. He was the Dr. Piper to Captain Pike, and we didn't get to see that in the first two movies. Um, he reminded me of what D. Kelly was to William Shatner when they were Kirk and McCoy. And I thought that was great. A perfect example is Balance of Terror when McCoy was talking to him about um, don't destroy the one individual named Kirk. I thought that was good. It also reminded me just that short um, dialogue between Carl and Chris Pine is it reminded me of Chuck Huber and Vic Mignogna from Star Trek Continues White Iris. Yeah, I, I kind of got was, that feeling too. I think it's great that they are going back to that dynamic of the two of them. And I hope that it's just more than just this one scene uh, at the beginning that we saw in this trailer. Well, I think that you could say the same for all of the characters to some extent. And we'll get to some of that in a little bit. But I think one of the other things that impressed me was you know, that visual of the Enterprise flying into this tube, which appears to be part of Space Station Yorktown. Which is – it's almost like a cross between a Deep Space Nine style space station and a Dyson Sphere and it looks amazing. I was very confused and I've – every time I watch that scene, I've rewound it. I'm like, what is that? Whatever it is, it's freaking huge because you got a starship in there that's having no problem going down this giant tube. I like your explanation for it because I was kind of as, at a loss. Is it something that was on the enemy side of technology and it's been captured or is it something that Starfleet has built? So there you go. It's a, they do show a, a larger visual of it later in the trailer. Is that up in the sky? Is that, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, You see a different ship flying toward it toward the end okay. of the trailer. It almost looks like a big sphere that's see-through. Okay, um, but I think that's because of the the atmosphere inside, where it's it's kind of like like I said, a space station and a Dyson sphere all rolled into one. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and well, you know, go ahead. You know what else is cool? What's up? The new warp effect. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't expect to be surprised by 
an effect like that ever again in Star Trek. Because, you know, in, in the original motion pictures, we had sort of that rainbow streak. That's the one. And yeah. then in TNG and, and The Next Generation, you just sort of had this elongation of the ship before mm-hmm. it just sort of, you know, slingshot into a big white burst, which right. I didn't like as much. I didn't think that was a really creative warp effect for the most mm-hmm. part. But this one really looks cool. The only thing I could think of is that it is the true representation of what the warp bubble that we hear about in tech in TNG uh, over and over again after a while is what it looks like. And it, it looks so great. I do remember your reaction when we saw warp speed in Into Darkness in IMAX. That was pretty awesome. That was amazing. Well, yeah. because in, it was IMAX 3D on yeah. top of it. You know, sitting in that big theater and you've got the 3D glasses on and it looks like you're positioned, you know, above the Enterprise but behind it. And it goes to warp away from you and it mm-hmm. it looks like it's three-dimensional. It's amazing. Yeah. So I can't wait to see this on the big screen because I think it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I do too. Absolutely. Um, what did you think about the destruction scenes? I I have kind of a mixed feeling about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of my problem is that ever since Star Trek Two, and we've talked about this on a previous episode, yes, the Enterprise has gotten the crap kicked out of it almost once a movie, or yeah. just utterly destroyed, right? And so far in the JJ movies, we're three for three. <laughs> yeah, <you're> correct. <laughs> With the Enterprise, you know, they can't kick the crap out of it any more than they did in Inner Darkness. So I guess they figure, what the hell? Why don't we just destroy it? Right. <laughs> I'm a little tired of that. But the visuals alone of this, I guess they're calling it the swarm, Mm -hmm. hitting the ship and just, you know. Shredding it. Yeah, instantly. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I agree. It's a spectacle. It's a little little tiresome because to you and I, the ship is a character in itself. And yet they just keep killing the character and beating the crap out of it every movie. But I will say, like you said, the visuals, they've gotten so much better as time has gone on. Look at you watch Star Trek 3 today. Look at the visuals to that, as and when they destroyed the Enterprise, as yeah. a as a opposed to what it looks like in this, the visuals are just so amazing. Watching those swarm ships, especially the deflector dish from underneath our viewpoint is like under. That was chilling. It's like a knife through butter. Yeah, it really the, is. The other thing that I didn't realize until the maybe the dozenth time that I watched the trailer is the nacelle is falling off the hull. Yeah. I didn't catch that at first, and yeah, yeah this is uh, this isn't boding too well for our, our lady. It's not, you know, in Star Trek, you, you kind of always have to be careful of the reset button, and I, I had a feeling early on that that could be what's happening, but now I don't. I don't think it's mm-hmm. a reset button at all. But you know, it, it does make me think that probably there's going to be a one seven zero one A. Well, I was going to say, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but for those that were watching the fan event or saw any pictures from the fan event, one of the quarters had a plaque on the wall, and Dr. Trek pointed it out that it was an NCC-1701A plaque. But he also pointed out that that was from the Prime Universe. Okay. I didn't see that part. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that plaque was just there. See, it's things like that because they're telegraphing some of this stuff up front that Mm -hmm. makes me think it's possibly a red herring. And this Enterprise somehow or other gets restored. Uh, but I, I, after seeing the trailer, I don't know how. Right. Yeah, because it looks like it's going to be a mess. <laughs> I mean, it, it's entirely possible there could be some vast mind bleepery going on. 
mm-hmm. that makes Look. them think the ship is being destroyed and they all evacuate. Yep. Because that would be very original series like. But yeah. I, the more I see the visuals, I'm like, no, man, that's that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little one. Um, remember uh, uh, about a month or two ago when they were it was everybody was all you know had their panties in a twist because they were doing some reshoots and they brought in I, I can never remember the actress's name to play the Federation president. Yes, and I got to say that with what she had in the trailer and it was only a voiceover was very, very well done. I thought it was great. It's apparent that she's talking to Kirk. Um, and I think she did a great job. The only thing I got to say, man, is I kind of expected her to say something about Beruz or Marwan. If you remember, <laughs> she was in season four of 24. And as soon as I hear that voice, that's all I can think of. I actually think it's going to be interesting. I hope she has a fairly, uh, long or or major role in the film because i think she can pull it off oh she absolutely can i mean she is a phenomenal phenomenal actress i mean she she brings a, a credibility and a gravitas to a strong role and i'm glad to see another strong role for a woman in this iteration of star mm-hmm. trek one that's yes. not a caregiver quite honestly yes. Yes, and I'll also say it'll be good to see a strong Federation president because that's not something that we've always seen in Star Trek when they see when we've seen the president. That's a hundred percent true. One of the other things that I'm very glad to see is substantive interaction between McCoy and Spock that isn't just a punchline. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, a brief snippet of that scene where they're talking about the fear of death and Spock says the fear of death is illogical and McCoy says the fear of death is what keeps us alive. And I have a feeling that these two characters in particular are going to be stranded on their own for a while. Mm-hmm. And I really like the potential in that for building the the relationship between them in this in this alternate universe. I agree. And I think it's a complete 180 degree turn from the first trailer when McCoy was saying that he was going to, at least he wasn't going to die alone and Spock gets beamed out. And then the punchline that you just talked about, well, that's just typical. Right. Just looks like it's going to be completely different from that, which is again, going back to TOS. They had a lot of snarkiness in TOS, but they had a relationship that you could see and, and feel. It looks like the crew gets split up into several different groups Kirk and Chekhov, uh, Spock and McCoy, Sulu and Uhura, and then Scotty and the alien Jayla, played by Sophia Butala. And I don't know how they come together or why. I mean, they're obviously split apart because they have to take escape escape pods, you know, from the Enterprise. But Mm -hmm. I have no idea how they get the band back together. (laughs) Yeah. I want to stop for a second and talk about Sophia Butella. I've been watching the previews and I've been looking at the awesome poster that we'll get into shortly. I'm like, Oh my God, I know her from somewhere. I I know her from somewhere. And it hit me tonight, right before we started recording. This is good. You're going to be like, what? When Michael Jackson died years ago, after he died, the first video that was released on his new, from his new album after his death was a song called she's going Hollywood. And the entire video was about this girl who's trying to make it big as a dancer. And it's her. And she's freaking awesome in that video, dude. Awesome. We're going to put the video in the show notes, aren't we? No, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> what is it with you? <laughs> hey, I, I entertainment mogul right here. Okay, Captain Spice Girls. <laughs> so they get the band back together, and somehow or other they get a different Federation ship, which we know is to the USS Franklin. Yes. Which some people think looks like an NX era ship from Enterprise. And Look it at, isn't. It's not. Looking at the concept art, it, I could see where people think that because it's a saucer propelled by two warp missiles, but mm-hmm. it definitely does not look like the NXL one. No. 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 So I, the more I watch this trailer – oh, wait. Before I continue, mm. it, Idris Elba. Oh, my God. He's so good in everything he does. He is chilling in this movie. He has mm-hmm. a severe problem with not just – it's not for, with Kirk. It's with the Federation, it seems. Mm-hmm. And the Enterprise crew just happens to be in the way. Yeah. They, they, they showed up. So guess what? They get the stick and not the carrot. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can't wait to know more about this guy. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully, they'll have some good backstory. The other thing that's going to be so great, and we saw glimpses of this in the trailer, is he's severely handicapped, quote-unquote, with the amount of makeup that he has on. If you didn't know it was him, you'd have no idea who he was. But I think he is going to be able to project himself as a real vicious and scary dude with his voice and those eyes. I think it's going to I think he's going to be a great villain. I I think he's going to be amazing. I think he will be among the best of the movie villains regardless of which timeline, which universe. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be that good because Idris Elba is that good. Yeah, he is that good. They didn't just find some guy to play the the heavy in this movie. Mhm. You know, this is not I, like Tom Hardy in Nemesis. Who? Right. <laughs> I I will say that it it it's a shame we've talked about this before. Every movie seems to have to have one major bad guy. Is this the one that's going to work? Other than Khan, we'll see. And Krug, sorry, I don't want to you know forget him. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, you kill me. You kill me. One of the questions I have is why are there so many individual escape pods on the Enterprise? One per person. I get that the ship is two and a half times bigger than it was in the original series, but uh, have these people not heard of lifeboats? <laughs> I mean, the other thing that I liked about the trailer, because um, we're laughing, is the, the it looks like there's going to be several humorous parts to it. It does, and I think that Star Trek needs that, even mm-hmm. with even in TOS, even with its more dramatic scenes and some of its more hand to hand combat and action style scenes. There was always some of that humor and humanity mm-hmm. in the show. And judging from the scene where Jayla's sitting in the captain's chair, <laughs> I think we're going to get that. Yeah. It reminds me so much of the, could I get a towel from the 2009 movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what he a, likes that seat. One of the other visuals that's interesting is the saucer section of the Enterprise crashing on the planet. Mm-hmm. You see it crashed on the planet, I should say. And Kirk and Chekhov sliding down yeah. the saucer section. So at least the saucer section makes it. That is so hard to say. Saucer, saucer section? Saucer section makes it. And at least the saucer makes it. But we have no idea about the rest of the ship. Does it separate? Yeah. 
You know, well, I, there's not much left if we saw the warp nacelles uh, falling off it. But I will say the one good thing about the destruction of this saucer section is that at least Deanna didn't crash it. <laughs> it's because she wasn't flying it. <laughs> the um, I, I think that one of the things that I'm anxious to see is how the motorcycle fits in. And there are mm-hmm. still people talking about the motorcycle mm-hmm. because it's the fast and the furious in space. But clearly, if they find an old Federation starship that's available, somebody at some point had to come with a motorcycle, maybe that was on their ship, maybe it was a hobby. Mm-hmm. And Kirk says, I know how to ride one of those. Sure. They did have a very brief, uh, you saw it very briefly in this trailer. So it's definitely uh, something that's going to be one of the, you know, big action dramatic scenes, I'm sure. Well, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, the one thing that always bothered me about the first trailer, and this is completely separate of our discussion of the second trailer, but I wanted to get your opinion on is at the very end of the first trailer, Kirk is falling. And as he's falling and spinning, you can see that he's starting to get beamed out from his feet moving up. So he's able to grab on to uh, Sophia Botella's character and they both transport over to the transporter pad. That makes sense to you. I'm not sure what you're asking. I, don't know, I I didn't know that the beaming started from one point and kind of went up or down or left or right. I thought it was everything all at once. I, I It could have been a rough cut for the trailer because there have been other changes in the CGI since mm, then. That's a good point. So, you know, like even just the people who, you know, in, invade the Enterprise and, and yeah. board, their look has changed completely. In post. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So and- – could have just been for the trailer. Sure. The reason I bring that up is that was one of the things I didn't like about the first trailer. I wanted to ask you, was there anything in this trailer that you didn't necessarily like? I don't know yet Mm. because it speaks to me on so many levels as a fan, aside from the destruction of the enterprise and them finding this other ship, which makes no sense to me yet why they found it or how they found a ship intact. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, it's hard to say. I don't, Right now, no. There was only one thing that I found, which I was kind of like, meh, on. And it's only like a second, but I'm hoping that it's, you know, I don't want to read too much into it. And that's, you remember in the 2009 reboot when they were getting ready to be sucked into the black hole and the bridge is cracking and they need to eject the warp core and Kirk yells, do it, do it, do it. Right? That was pretty good, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. (laughs) In this one, he says that same line, and it's, he's just kind of like, "Do it, do it." It just didn't—it didn't sound right to me, and I'm hoping that it's—I'm just not reading into something too much. I thought there was more urgency behind it than you did. It didn't sound I mean, like it to me. Yeah. But he's also more mature at this phase. When he had command of the Enterprise in 2009, he was a cadet. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, he's been the captain of the Enterprise now for several years. He's died. <laughs> <laughs> He's come back with magic blood. Triple and, juice. <laughs> you know, he, he learned what the burden of command was by sacrificing himself. Right. So even if he delivers the line differently, because I still think he used a version of do it in Into Darkness. Um, oh, yeah. It, I, I, I don't think that's that big a deal because he's different. He's okay. matured. He's, he's evolved in Thanks his path as captain of the Enterprise. All right. I'll go with that. See, that's you're here to help me. No, I appreciate that. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, let's wrap this up since this is a mini-sode. 
Um, give me your final thoughts on the trailer. Uh, I'm ecstatic about it. I just cannot wait to see what else is in the remaining possibly two hours or so of the film. I thought it was great. It has um, cemented my belief that they are going to do this right. Okay. That's about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, uh, I did have something I wanted to talk about very briefly before we signed off today. It's in relation to this movie. It's not necessarily about the trailer, but it's something I think I need to get off my chest if you'll uh, grant me the time to do so. Do I really have a choice here? No, you don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> I usually don't do this. You know, I'm open to everybody's opinions, whether I agree or disagree. I don't usually feel the need to speak out until today because whatever our opinions are about something, we are all Star Trek fans. At least I think we are. But for those specific, very specific and few JJ haters who feel the need to get on their soapbox after this fan event, you know, sorry, I'm going to push you off for a second and I'm going to climb on because it is my turn to talk now. It's very aggravating as a fan who is very open-minded about everything and wants to see the results to listen to the continued crap that gets spilled out by these people that will not stop hating on something before they have any idea what's going to happen. There was a post earlier this week after the fan event um, on Facebook that I felt the need to respond to because it just incensed me so much. And it was somebody basically saying that JJ proves again that he and his people can't come up with original ideas. And it's like, what? And that one of the things they were doing is they were bitching about the poster that was seen at the fan event, which in my opinion is an homage to Star Trek, the motion picture, the first film, which was the beginning of the human adventure was the, one of the old taglines. I don't think there's any copying in that at all. And Bill, I don't think you thought that either for a second. No, I, I certainly didn't. I thought it was a beautiful homage. And on purpose, a limited edition poster for the fan event, only a thousand copies. Exactly. Um, no matter what, no matter what anybody does or no matter what JJ does, people are going to bitch about it no matter what. Or some people are. I want to make that clear. It's not everybody. I can guarantee you that if any other person was involved in this project and they did the same thing, nobody would be saying the things that are being said on social media right now. And it really is starting to grind my gears, as Peter Griffin would say. Um, this post brought up stuff like all the things that they were copying from Star Trek Three about um, the discussion with Kirk and McCoy, similar to when they were talking in their apartment and the Enterprise um, getting destroyed and so on and so forth. And, and I just... Oh, I mean, splitting hairs over McCoy and Kirk having a serious discussion over a drink. Um, was anybody complaining to Leonard Nimoy in Star Trek Three for copying scenes that took place in the original series when Kirk and Bones did that all the time? I I, I don't know. Didn't they do it yeah. in Star Trek Two? Uh, probably. They probably did it in everything, but people just have to bitch about it. And the other thing in regards to the Enterprise, this is the one that just sends me over the top. People are bitching that the Enterprise is going to get destroyed again. And we actually were kind of doing that a few minutes ago. But people are saying that J.J. is destroying the Enterprise. Um, newsflash, people, if you would pay attention to what's going on, Justin Lin has made it very clear that he has always wanted to destroy the Enterprise in his movie. It is his idea to do it. So stop bashing on J.J. for something that he did not have anything to do with. 
Well, and that's my magic bell sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like we said before. This is not the first time the Enterprise has no. been treated poorly. No. In every movie since Star Trek II, it has been treated like a ship and not a character. Right. I I don't remember. We didn't have social media back then, but were people calling for David Carson to be put up on a pike? Uh, put his head on a pike when the Enterprise D was destroyed in Generations? No. Or was Stuart Baird crucified when they rammed uh, the Enterprise E into Shinzon ship? Shinzon ship? That's almost as bad as the Sasha section. It, it is. He was crucified for other reasons, which had nothing to do with the ship. It's because he made a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess in closing is is I very politically correctly, I might add, which is something I'm not apt to do because I think it's ridiculous – posted my response to that post on Facebook the other day, and it was a few paragraphs long pointing out these specific examples. And the response that I got, the guy said, the only thing that stood out to me was this, this, this. Everything else was TLDR, which basically means too long, didn't read. Really? That's your defense? You're too lazy to read my response, which has very specific examples of why I think you're incorrect? Come on, man. To quote Mr. Shatner, get a life, jerk. And other than that, he has no strong feelings on the matter. <laughs> the comments and opinions expressed by Dan Davidson are very indicative of the Trek Geeks podcast. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry, that's too bad. Well, Dan, that about does it for our Star Trek Beyond trailer reaction. Uh, thank you very much for joining me on my vacation virtually oh, to uh, record I these know. thoughts. Thank you for being here, man. I know that uh, it was a tough, uh, a tough few days, and the decision was tough, but it was for the right reason. And I'm glad I get to spend some time with you as a result. Oh God, get a room! <laughs> wow. With that, everyone, uh, we return you to your normally scheduled podcast feed. We'll see you with our next episode on Tuesday. Live long and prosper. Coco nut. <laughs> <laughs>